This is Reflections of the Lighthouse, a podcast sharing the hope of the gospel for those struggling with life-altering addictions. If you'd like more information about the Lighthouse and the services they provide, visit biblicallliferecoverycenter.com. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon Bauer and Dwayne Modlin. Well, here we are at another podcast, and we're talking today about God's character. And I think that has a lot to do with the work that we do at the Lighthouse. So I wanted to bring Pastor Dwayne Modlin in, and we're going to talk about how God's sovereignty defines our lives. So Pastor Dwayne, let's talk about God's character. Yeah. What are some of the attributes of God that affects us in our daily living? God is gracious. God is loving um, to the just and the unjust. The Bible says God is just. God is holy. So there, all of I think all of God's attributes, if we really get down to it, impact us daily. For sure. I, I guess we should define what an attribute is. So an attribute would be something that is true of God. Yeah, his character, his nature. Uh, what we don't want to do, though, is elevate one attribute above another when we're talking about God. Uh, some theologians, and I won't try to get too deep here, talk about the simplicity of God. This doesn't that God's a simple being. This doesn't mean that God is simple in his mind, but that he's not comprised of parts. That God is love, God is just, God is all of these things at the same time. We're made up of parts because we're not all loving and all just and uh, all holy all at the same time, but God is all of those things at the same time. Sure. So in in history past, we've seen um, groups of people, religious, non-religious, take God's justice more than the others. So, yes. so then it became a God's going to zap you from the sky yes. if you step out of line. Yeah. Now we're seeing kind of the opposite yeah. in, in our society where we're taking God's love mm-hmm. above all of the others. And God God loves everything. God loves you even if you're sinning and God created you to sin And yeah. because God is love. So again, I think that's a great point. We have to keep it in balance. Yeah, that God is, he's not part holy, part loving, part just. He is wholly just. He is wholly loving. He is wholly, holy, right? And sovereignty, if we were to find that, it would just mean superior to all others. God's, God's, character. God's character, God's mind, God's will is superior to all. So then when we're talking in recovery groups and we're talking in counseling and we're talking with broken and hurting people about God's sovereignty over us, why is that important? I think one of the things we need to understand is that God is even sovereign over our poor decisions, our bad decisions, and that he, in his sovereignty, can take the bad we've done in our past and turn it around for good in our lives and good for other people as well. That our past doesn't have to define us. Our sins in the past don't have to define us. That God now 
when we submit under his sovereignty is defining who we are and he gets the final word so this is this is greatly illustrated through the founding of the lighthouse how god took broken people and redeemed them yes. and and set them apart to do work with other broken people. Yes. The the lighthouse is founded on this idea that God can take our sin yes. and our brokenness and create something fantastic out of it that's going to reach hundreds and hundreds of people. Yes. And it, it's just it's just almost overwhelming sometimes when you think about it how God uses our brokenness to his glory. Yes. So why do we fight God? Uh because we like to be in control. Uh, that is part of our sin nature. We want to bypass God. When when the enemy came into the garden and tempted Eve, and Adam is standing there watching this happen with Eve, he's not passive in it. The enemy convinces them to bypass God to get what they want. You want knowledge? Well, you don't have to go to God for knowledge. Um. Right? Right. You get to bypass God, and he doesn't have to be sovereign over you. He doesn't have to control you uh, in, in that way. Uh, so we, ha- we have a submission problem. This is why we fight it. Our sin nature doesn't like to submit to the authority of another. So we have someone come into counseling with you, Dwayne, and they say, my, my life is ruled with addiction. Mm-hmm. How would you say to them— that that they have a a god issue a god problem yeah how would you how would you define that in in that counseling role with them uh, uh, part of it is i'm going to go back to jesus is saying he says the man that sins is a slave to sin uh, what better word to encapsulate what addiction is than sure. slavery right uh, being enslaved to a substance or even porn, or whatever it is. But Jesus says that he came to set us free, and free indeed. But how how are we set free? By submitting to another, submitting to Christ. And this is a heart issue of you wanting to be in control of your life, but being in control of your life has caused you to be out of control. So, so a lot of times when I'm teaching, I'll talk about how it, it's it's our tendency to take God off the throne of our hearts mm-hmm. and put ourselves there yes. and think that I'm, I'm glad God's part of my team, but I'm going to run things how I want to run things. But it doesn't work out that way. It doesn't. And, and man's plans without God always lead to destruction. destruction. Sometimes we have this tendency to say, going to limit God to what feels right. <laughs> and and again, that leads to a lot of counseling issues, but it does. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah chapter 17 that that the heart is wicked above all things. All things, Brandon. Even our feelings. Yes. But what that means is in our feelings are part of our heart. Our emotions, if you want to get down to it biblically, it's our, our mind, will, emotions. All of these things are not explaining something else. What they're explaining is different characteristics of the same thing, the heart. And one of those is our emotions. And 
Jeremiah just told us that our emotions are wicked above all things. So if we're led by or controlled by our emotions, then it's going to lead to wickedness in our lives. It's going to lead us to sin. Uh, We have a heart condition, and and this is the whole issue. Addiction is a heart condition. So so counselors that talk about our feelings over reality— yeah. There's some place in counseling for feelings. There, we experience, we're created with feelings. But feelings over reality t- tend to be co- lead to codependency. They do. The, the issue is our, our feelings have been twisted in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been twisted by sin. And now we're to be led by the Spirit, not led by our heart. One of the worst advice you could ever get is follow your heart. Follow Jesus. Yep. So every Hallmark movie that you ever watch says follow your heart, right? Yes. Uh, we're coming on Hallmark season, I think, here yeah. really soon. But um, j- just think, um, if we follow Jesus rather than following our heart, how would our lives be different? We wouldn't be controlled by our emotions. A lot of times when we're controlled by our emotions, we're jumping from one extreme to the next extreme. And there's never really any balance in our life. Our life is chaotic. Our life is up, down, up down like a yo-yo or you could even say a roller coaster mm-hmm. our life comes out that way but jesus brings peace and uh helps us make right decisions based in reality yeah for sure one of the things that i think is important for us as as sinful human beings is to give god credit for for what he's doing in our lives. Yes. And in First Chronicles 29, David does that. I'm going to read a couple of verses here for you because mm-hmm. I wanted to express how King David gives God credit for his work. First Chronicles 29, starting in verse 10. So David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our father forever and ever. Yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in heaven and on earth, yours is the dominion. Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all, and in your hand is power and might, and it lies in your hand to make great and strengthen everyone. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise you for your glorious name. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the king of Israel. Yeah saying, he could have said, look what I built. Yep. And he said, praise be to God mm-hmm. for his work in our lives. Yeah, it reminds me of the text in Colossians chapter 2. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And we can't stop there because the very next verse says, for it is God who works in you to do his will. Uh, so we ask, who's working? God or me? Well, God is working, and because he's working in me, I am producing a work. But the glory goes to God, because if he's not working, I'm not working. So so we know that God is sovereign over man. Yes. God is sovereign over our mistakes. God is mm-hmm. sovereign over our lives. How do we surrender? That's the big question. That's the big question. Right. I I love the story in the Old Testament. The children of Israel have been led out of Egypt. Now they're going through the wilderness, and 
they're refusing to listen to God and to listen to God's representative, Moses. So what does God do? And they constantly complain. God sends snakes into the camp, and they start biting the people and killing them. And God tells Moses, I want you to make a bronze snake, put it on a pole, and lift it up. That seems really weird, Brandon. And then Jesus, when you get to the New Testament, starts telling this story, and he goes, that's me. Moses is explaining what I would do, right? They were to look at the serpent on the pole, and they would be healed, saved. Mm -hmm. We look to Jesus on the cross, and we are saved. Surrender looks like not trusting me for my salvation or uh, me making it in life and looking to Jesus and saying, he's the reason. I trust his work. I trust his person, right? And the Israelites had to do no work. All they had to do was what? Look. Look. So that that time with Moses was a great foreshadowing of the work God was going to do in our life. So last night, my boys and I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, my gosh. And whether you love the movie or not, it is full of snakes. Yes. And I don't like snakes. And But I think it's a great example about what sin does to us. Sin throws us in a pit of snakes. It does. And the snakes are destroying us, biting us, hissing, all, all of these things. And... Based on your your exam your your illustration here, you know, it, and it's loosely, you know, it's it's Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Yeah. But, but what a, what a great analogy and a great picture of let's take something that's destroying us, yes, and, and look to the Savior, yes, and, and trust that His work and His person is enough, and and don't be like Harrison Ford trying to get yourself out of the mess. Yes, right? trust the Savior. Yep. Oh, that was such bad illustration. Sorry, we're going to move on. Um, so God's sovereignty over man, and next is God's sovereignty over creation. We see in Genesis 1 that God created the entire universe and everything in it. That puts it all under God's control. Yes. Why do we try to control it? That's Again, we try to bypass God to get things. So we want to be in control. This is the original sin, right? Pride. I can do it without God. So what is man's role? Man's role, originally man's role was to be stewards under God's sovereignty over creation. Stewards. That's a lot different than sovereignty. Dominion, yes, but that dominion was under the sovereignty of God. So if, if we trust that God sustains the world, yes, but we try to sustain it ourselves, what's going to happen to our world? It's going to be chaotic. It's going to lead to destruction. But l- let's be honest. You cannot control your circumstances, your situations, or the people around you, you cannot control those things, right? Correct. So so why not surrender to the one who can? Mm. You, you know what I mean? He, he is in control, right? Even over 
bad things that happen in our lives, God is sovereignly in control. I think of Joseph, right? He looks at his brothers. Most of us that are listening probably know the story, right? He looks at his brothers and said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. So God took the evil intentions of the brothers and used it for Joseph's good. Yeah. That, that's huge. So that's one of the things that lands a lot of people in front of a counselor. Yes. My life isn't in control and I can't control it. Yep. And a biblical counsel, counselor will say, I'm glad you realized that. Yes. Now let's start looking at who can. Okay, then there's the third step. God's sovereignty over our lives. Um, Psalms 139 says that God knows us intimately. Mm-hmm. He knows our inmost being, our past and our future, our pain, our hurt, our anxiety, our depression, our paths forward in our life, our, our soul and our frame, our, our body. God, God knows these things. Mm-hmm. What comfort is there in knowing that God knows me intimately? I, I love a quote by one of my favorite preachers, C.H. Uh, Spurgeon. He said, the sovereignty of God is the pillow on which I rest my head. Because God's character is good and he is loving and he is just and he is all of these things, I can trust that he will work all things together for my good. So when I get the cancer diagnosis. He'll work it together for my good. When someone deeply hurts me. He'll work it together for my good. When I relapse or sin deeply. He will work it together for my good. When my soul hurts. If I'm a believer, again, he will work it for my good. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. And God has proven himself time and time again throughout history. He's revealed himself in, though he's outside of time, he's revealed himself in time, in history. And time and time again, he has revealed his faithfulness to his people. Even with Israel, they sin. God sends in a nation to conquer them. God's intent was for their repentance and for them to come back into fellowship with him. And he worked even that out for their Good. That's salvation right there in yes. a nutshell. God loved us so much that he sent his son to redeem yep. us. So God knows us. He creates us. He knows exactly how to protect us. He knows how to fulfill us. But it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it's easy. Jesus said in this life you will have trouble. And that's a promise that we don't like to lean into, but it is a promise. But he didn't finish there. He says, but I am with you always to the very end i i got you so in biblical counseling and addiction ministry we have to realize that that we have to turn to christ Mm -hmm. to help transform us into his likeness yes next episode we're going to talk about god's sovereignty and salvation oh that's a big one brother I'm, i'm looking forward to that but thank you for tuning in to reflections of the lighthouse it's been a fantastic discussion if you'd like to know more about how you can know Jesus, how you can heal some of these deep wounds within. Or if you just want to talk about something that we talked about on the podcast, please reach out to us, yeah. biblicallife.recoverycenter.com, or visit us on Facebook, Twitter, which is now X, 
or feel free to give us a call, 260-255-6413. Thank you, Dwayne, for your time. I appreciate yeah. it.